This episode is brought to you by Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for the hybrid workforce. Online at wellforce.ai. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. Today, our guest is Rena. Rena, would you please introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. I'm Rena Cook, and I'm so excited to be on this show today. I can't wait to talk with you all. Rena has a very specialized area. She niched down really well. She really I niched did. down. Yeah. yeah. I'm a voice, speech, and presentation coach. Oh, that's why she sounds like this. Yeah. That makes so much sense. <laughs> I know, right? I know right? and, I, and I got up this morning and I did a warm up so that my voice is ready and resonant and I can answer questions and talk with y'all with just supreme clarity. I love that part. You could record guided meditations. Yes. Close your eyes. Yes. See? Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love yeah. it. So how did you get into voice and speaking coaching. That's a really long, lifelong story, actually. I started life as a singer-actor-dancer. I was the five-year-old who sold potholders door-to-door, two for a quarter, to save money to buy my first pair of black patent tap shoes. Oh my God, I love that. I was going to be a performer, and I, I held that all the way into college, and my parents encouraged me to get a theater education degree so that I would have something to fall back on. And as part of that, you do a student teaching thing. And I went, oh, my God, my purpose in life is to be a teacher. So I have this passion for performing and a purpose of teaching. So I taught theater. I taught theater my entire life. And after I graduated from high school theater, I moved into college theater and I taught actors in higher education and became obsessed with voice. So I quit my job, went back to school, went to London's Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, which is as posh as it sounds, and got a degree in voice. And from that point on, I have been focusing on how to help people speak more clearly, more compellingly, more authentically to speak their truth to power. So that's how I got here. Boom. I told you that's why she needed to be on the show. Speak their truth to power. I know. That's a tweetable or something. Absolutely it is. I don't do Twitter. (laughs) So I quit my university job so that I could focus on professionals, corporate, anybody who is being held back in some way by the way they use their voice and their body language. And I have in the last six years niched down or targeted to women. So both of the books that I've written on the subject are for women. We're at a time in our development as women, socially and culturally, enough's enough. We are ready to speak our truth in a way that we've never been allowed to in the past. And we must have the anatomical tools in order to carry that higher charge of truth. Our minds and our hearts are woke. 
right? We are alive with this sense of claiming our place and changing the world. But if our voices are the same tight, hidden little voices that we've always used, we can't step up to the moment. So my goal is to help women primarily find their free and easy and confident voice so that they can speak for themselves and take their rightful place in the leadership of this world. It's so beautifully said. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I really don't. Oh dear! Oh dear! I've shut down the conversation. I, I don't even. So, know like what a to couple do. weeks ago, we broke her. She was like laughing so hard that she couldn't speak. Yeah. And this week, we've been left. Well, speechless. because she is speaking my soul, and she is oh. doing it in such a much more eloquent, beautiful, like synchronized way that I just want to like just all. She can stand behind me, and I'll just go. <laughs> move my lips while she speaks soul. she's speaking my soul or i can teach you to do this too <laughs> so that's my secret sauce right if your secret sauce is to teach other people to speak their soul and to speak their truth to power what does that look like from the end user perspective if i were to hire you for sarah to help her learn to speak her soul more eloquently and... Right, because I don't have a problem speaking my soul. It's just I'm not as eloquent as that. We practice being more eloquent. I have a process, a structured process of exercises and breaks down every part of the speaking process. For example, how you sit and stand when you speak matters. How you breathe when you speak matters. How much space you make in your mouth matters. And so our work together, if I were to work with you, is to break down every aspect of communication and help you do that piece mm -hmm. better, help you breathe better, help you stand better, help you make more space in your mouth. So just to listen to me for a moment, if I quit making space in my mouth, I sound like that. I'm not opening my mouth. As soon as I open my mouth, I become more authentic, more compelling, more expressive. Also, if I don't breathe, listen to what I sound like when I don't breathe. I'm going to exhale all my air. Hi, my name is Rena, and this is what I sound like when right. I don't breathe. Hi, my name is Rena, and this is what I sound like when I breathe. So our work together would focus on each of these aspects, and then we put it all together. We practice speeches, we practice your words, and how to say them in a more compelling and authentic and confident way. And so so that's one of the things that, you know, we laugh about in the studio, because when Joe puts on his, like, recording voice... It's different than his normal speaking voice. And because we're like, that's Absolutely. why we have him record all of the commercials. Because when he puts on, it's, hi, I'm Joe. Yeah, I wish I paid attention. And honestly, that would be my fear. Of course, like, I, she's I, talking about it. Because I'm talking for five, six hours a day sometimes when I'm yeah. doing facilitating the trainings. And so, like, my initial fear when you're talking about what you do is I'm afraid if I'm thinking about all of those things, then I'm not, like... You're not able to channel the correct, and correct. Be present. Yeah. Correct. Yes. You're absolutely right. And the process is all of the work I described, we focus on in practice. When we're in front of people, we just present our work. You don't think about all of those things. You think about them in practice. And that way you learn muscle memory. Mm -hmm. You learn the technique so that you don't have to think about it. I don't think about how I stand. I don't think about how I breathe. I don't think about the space I'm making in my mouth when I'm actually mm -hmm. talking to you. 
I'm looking at you. I'm thinking about what I want to say to you and how I want it to affect you. And I'm judging whether mm-hmm. you're getting it and how I need to yep. adapt and adjust to make sure you are here clearly hearing me. But it's in my practice time that I say, where am I going to breathe in this speech? Relaxing my jaw, relaxing my tongue. I do that in practice so that I can let it go when I'm in the throes of the actual communication or what I call the performance. So like, have you ever, have you experienced or has a client experienced the inability of them like to let go? What do you do if a client's, I can't get past thinking about all the things that I need to do. Do they just need more practice or do they need to go get like hypnotized? You just have to. Kicked out of it. No, we do a warm up that gets us into our body calms down the performance anxiety. What you described is performance anxiety kicking in. Oh my God, I can't remember. I can't do. But what we control performance anxiety process and and then we just flow. You get into your flow and then mm-hmm. you just let it mm-hmm. flow. I would. What's popping into my head is Shania Twain. I don't know. Are you familiar at all with Shania Twain? I know that she's yes. a singer. So do you remember this story? I can't call forward Which story? any of the like, songs I'm... that she does. Shania Twain, she m- married Mutt Lang. That was her producer. Da, 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 da. Her career is going amazing. And then she discovered that her husband was having an affair oh, with her yeah. best friend. Mm-hmm. And she literally, is the documentary, she loses her voice. Like she cannot sing. And Mm. it's the journey of her getting back to that place because when she went to sing, it did not sound like her. It was completely different. Either nothing was coming out Mm. or when it came out, it was very different. And I don't want to use the word weak, but that's what it's timid and things like that. And so I'm curious on your perspective on that because then she had to do this whole journey of claiming her voice again. That happens more frequently than we know. Trauma holds itself in our bodies and it can hold itself in our voices. Our throat chakra is everything goes through Mm -hmm. that place. And in, if we are emotionally shut down or scarred or traumatized, it can shut down the voice as well. And what I would do in helping someone who's suffering from that is to work hand in hand with a therapist who is working on the psychological effects of the trauma. And then what can we do with the musculature of mm-hmm. the voice to help it relax and open up as well? So it would be, if someone were working with me, a twofold process working not only with me on the mechanics, but with a therapist about the inner life and the inner world of that particular experience. Mm -hmm. And I I believe that the end of that was Shania Twain got with the best friend's husband and now they're coupled off. Correct. Yes. Because they got through the trauma together because they were both in the throes of that (laughs) trauma. Right. And they ended up being... And then she found her voice back and then Mm -hmm. got a show in Vegas. Yeah. And then the rest is history. Like, I wasn't thinking Shania Twain, but guests that used to be on the Howard Stern show. They had two, like, of the the whack pack that that Howard Stern calls them. But one, his name is High Pitch Mike. And High Pitch Mike had this high-pitched voice, and it was a emotional trauma thing. When he came out, his voice changed. Fascinating. Boom. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I banged and it it echoed in the microphone. I thought it was a perfect punctuation of what you said. But it was, yeah, he came out and his voice dropped. Mm Mm-hmm. He was holding on to that. Yeah. Yes. When you own, yes. when you own your authentic self, the tension that keeps the voice quiet releases and allows you to then speak your truth mm-hmm. boldly. 
I love it. It's fascinating. Yeah, it, it really is. is. It, it is like on a, on so many as clinicians, mm-hmm. we can appreciate the the emotional healing and the the mental health aspect of it. And then just as like people interested in that stuff, it's, it's really cool. It is. Yeah. One of the really fun aspects of my work is that I work with women running for mm-hmm. office. It's my give back. W- women who put themselves out for local and state elections don't have money. They just mostly have desire. They're activists. They want to make a difference. And so I work with them on how they speak. Women in this country are held to a different standard, we know this, than men. We would never say about a man, I can't listen to his voice. Just oh, I would totally. I would, the there are many men that mm-hmm. I would say that about. <laughs> But we don't hear, well, I'm a voice nerd and I pay a lot of attention, but you never hear Bill Clinton, for example, has a very damaged voice. And no one ever says, oh my God, I can't stand to listen to him. But conversely, his wife, whether you love her or hate her, let's take that out of the equation. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, can't you do something about Hillary Clinton's voice? We allow men to have a far greater range of vocal variety and vocal pathologies than Mm -hmm. we do women. Uh, A woman attorney, for example, will get more comments about her voice than even her wardrobe. And that's what women get, women attorneys get comments on how you dress and how you Mm -hmm. sound. So interesting. It is, it is. I think it it is a a very telling piece of those micro, microaggressions in a misogynistic culture that we do focus on. Exactly. How we sound versus what information we're presenting. And yes, it's in the delivery. And yes, you don't want to come off sounding like an asshole, but like with the words that you use or you don't want to have that intonation that makes you sound like you're being whatever. But at the same time, we are as women definitely not given the allowances. It's one of those things that like we'll sit there and my husband will make a comment about we'll hear Bill Clinton and be like, damn, what happened to his voice? But it's more of. He used to sound much stronger, and now he sounds Mm -hmm. weaker. It's assigning those judgments. um, Yeah, the attribute. Yeah, like a judgment to the attribute versus Mm -hmm. just saying, "Wow, what happened?" And women fall into two categories when they lose their voices as young women. Let me back up. If you listen on a playground to children playing, you close your eyes and you can't tell the difference between the little boys and the little girls, right? They Mm -hmm. sound the same. They have children voices. They get to junior high and, of course, the boys' voices start to Mm -hmm. develop and girls' voices go into hiding because we receive cultural messages that women aren't supposed to be the rule setters. They're not supposed to be the aggressors. They're supposed to be the followers and the nurturers. And women's voices go into hiding. And they go into hiding in one of two ways. One is the denial. It becomes little Mm -hmm. and small, and I don't want to make waves. I just want my good works to speak for me. And then there are the women who throw their shoulders back and lift their chin up, and their voices become strident and Mm -hmm. aggressive. And so then we categorize them as bossy, Mm -hmm. bitchy, aggressive, Mm -hmm. angry. And so we have these two extremes of how women who've lost their voices try to find them. Mm -hmm. And what I try to help is the women who are in denial of their power to find their power and women who are pushing their power, how to relocate that power in the body so they don't have to sacrifice confidence or strength or power. They just put it in a place that does not read as strident, aggressive, Mm -hmm. bossy, and They put it in their solar... Yeah, and I think Solar it's really, plexus chakra. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I get feedback 
I, I have received feedback over my adult life that one of the things that has held me back from advancement, both in corporate and in the corporate world and, and things like that has been my quote delivery because I'm assertive and I have a voice that is not quiet. I am loud. <laughs> we know this. And it, it messes with your head when you're told over and over again, if you could just say it differently. And in my head, I'm going, why do yeah. I need to say it differently? <laughs> yeah, but I think we need to get more clear on that because it's, I don't, are we talking about the words that are used or are we talking about the sound of the voice or, you know what I mean? Like the tone, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's, again, me, I'm like, let's live in the gray area, mm-hmm. the harmony of balance, right? If you're coming in hot, and you're coming in aggressive and your your energy and the words mm-hmm. you're using are very aggressive, then yes, you're speaking in a way that I don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. And so it's speak in a way that people want to listen and listen in a way that people want to speak to you. It's not such a clear cut of, hey, just change your delivery. Because maybe if the delivery was changed and it wasn't as aggressive, and I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We need to get more clear on so, it. As long right. as you speak clear, but... Be kind. Right. Is what I'm I've struggled with that over the course of time. Because if someone's coming in hot with me, I'm going to say, hey, can you say that in a different way, please? But if you're not coming in hot and it's just the expectation that because that you don't fit in that mold of everybody else who's held that position. You know what I mean? Like when you're a different personality and you're different. They're two very different things to me. Yeah. And so if somebody said to me, yes, you. Like would, why can't you, you just be like all the other people who do that? If somebody said you're not advancing in this because you need to change your delivery, I would be like, tell me more about that. Right. What does that mean? What mm-hmm. exactly? I need to get curious and dig in there. Are they wanting me to fit a passive mold? Then that's not me. Are they wanting, are they viewing it as man? I'm coming in hot and I'm coming off aggressive, then I do want to fix that right. because that's not an accurate reflection of right. my heart's intention. But if intention. it can't be fixed, if it's something that you, no matter what you do, you can't fix it. I think that's where it sets women up for a lot of failure because they are, when you have people that are trying to fit you into a mold that you don't fit into right. anyway. That I don't like, I'm not for mm-hmm. that. And I think there are two separate issues here. I think you're right. One is the word choices, the words that you choose to use can be too aggressive. And in that case, you might want to look at the words that you use. But it's also, you don't have to be stuck with the voice you think you were born with. So that's another issue. What am I doing in my voice that could potentially be off-putting? I can keep the same verbiage Mm -hmm. and just move the energy. Let me give you a little demonstration. All right. If I say to you, I am not going to deal with this today. That sounds a little Mm -hmm. aggressive, right? If I move the energy down lower in my body and say, I'm not going to deal with this today. Mm -hmm. It sounds just as assertive, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't sound as awful. It's not aggressive. It's assertive. So what I did was when I did the first one, my energy was high in my chest and in my chin and I'm biting out Mm -hmm. the words. That is a sound we don't like to listen to. If I make more space in my mouth and move my energy and my breath lower in my body down to like around I'm my like, navel, I can feel that while she's talking. Mm-hmm. Then this, mm-hmm. oh, that's crazy. Right? And the sound warms up. And then I can say my hard words. I'm sorry. 
I am not going to be dealing with this mm-hmm. today. Can we take it up another time? Yeah, I could feel that so transition. It, and you only have to experience it a few times to go, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I get it. I can do this. And it's not a huge adjustment, and it's not a selling yourself out. You don't have to be someone different. You don't have to fit into another mold. You just have to be comfortably authentic to yourself with your breath deep in your body. The most powerful person in any room is the person who has the deep central breathing. Now, you may have someone who's trying to be the most powerful Mm -hmm. in the room, and they're a little bit aggressive, and they're leaning in, and they're mansplaining, (laughs) and everybody else will give in to them because I just don't want the fight. You can have it because I'm not up to fighting. But the person who is breathing deeply and is speaking their truth in a calm way is always going to be truly the most powerful person in the room, not the person who is steamrolling Mm -hmm. themselves over everybody else. Mm -hmm. The real yep. leader is grounded yep, and grounded centered. Confidence. And so mm-hmm. those are the, f- yep. right? And those are the first skills that we learn in my courses is how to be grounded and centered, hanging on to your deep central breath, not letting yourself be triggered to anger or to fear or to mm-hmm. shut down. When we're triggered, we can go either to I'm going to be hyper angry or I'm going to shut down and have no thoughts and no words Mm -hmm. at all. Those are the two extremes. But if I stay breathing, even as I am being triggered, even as I hear the words that could potentially harm me, I'm breathing deeply and I'm relaxing my jaw and relaxing my tongue as I'm breathing so that I can maintain my brain Mm -hmm. And I can think of my response, and my response will always be grounded and centered and measured. Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for your hybrid workforce. Do you need business process evaluations and solutions to streamline your workflows? A technology assessment, including security and managed services to optimize performance, or solutions to create a seamless hybrid workplace experience. If that's you, Wellforce has a growing team of affiliates to support your organization's move to hybrid. Visit wellforce.ai today. What you just said brought a memory into my head. I was facilitating conversations between two groups that were in the middle of conflict, essentially. And so I'm facilitating this conversation And we had established the ground rules and created the container for this process. And one of the individuals was getting very aggressive and was obviously breaking those ground rules. And I was like, okay, my whole role here is to manage this situation and bring it back. And I could literally feel it because before I went in, because I knew the dynamic, I like did grounding work. And then I went in, but I could literally feel as he was doing it, I could feel the energy mm-hmm. moving up. Mm-hmm. And then I, I stopped it right in my chest and was like, and I had to, so my tone was still deep, but it was projected more because he was so loud. Mm-hmm. And I was just basically, it was more of a boom that was coming out of my mouth, but it was right there. So it (laughs) wasn't in my throat of now you've pissed me off. It was this very Uh rooted in my chest and my heart of we have established the ground rules. You are now violating the ground rules. And so you like, this is what we're doing. 
check yourself before you wreck yourself. Exactly. But what you're saying is so <laughs> true because if I, I just, my brain went back to that place and in my body at that moment and I was like, yes, that came from here rather than yes. from my neck my or my chin or anything like, and I know the difference of like when I am not in that place and in command, mm-hmm. it is coming from it. I can feel it of like when I am frustrated and burnt out and not in alignment and not my best mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. And then it's coming out in a very different way. Yep. Absolutely. And breath, deep central breathing is the key to that. We feel that the fight or flight, which is what happens to us when we get triggered, we go into fight or flight, our body is pumping cortisol and adrenaline. The only way we can convert that chemical response is through slow, deep breathing. And once the chemical response takes off, that's when our voice gets Mm -hmm. strident, the heart rate, we can't breathe deeply, we're out of control. But to get back under control, it's slow, deep Mm -hmm. breathing. Love it. And I want to congratulate you for having such awareness of what's going on in your body. Most people, unless they've trained a lot, are unaware of these shifts in the body of where energy is Mm -hmm. sitting and what we need to do in order to appear certain ways Mm -hmm. in our work. So that's really a special quality that you have as a talent. Thanks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) sure but it's so much of a learned skill and i think this is where like that education is just lacking Mm -hmm. right in our school systems in the public education system in the private whatever Mm -hmm. in the standards that are set like these life skills yes are not like they teach you the like the the data right the knowledge that you need Mm -hmm. to perform whatever Mm -hmm. tasks are related to your job and even then it's just the knowledge like there's still the on the job of like how it actually gets put into into practice and then but it's those people skills Mm -hmm. that are totally like left out of and the just the assumption that you should know everybody should know these things these are universal truths that nobody knows well or why haven't your parents taught you i just had this conversation yesterday with somebody they called me up and we're just chatting and he was like i realize that i've gone my whole life without these skills of Mm -hmm. labeling emotions understanding emotions emotional intelligence empathy compassion relationship skills and he was like why it's making me realize now that I'm learning them and life is so much easier. It's so much more enjoyable. It's richer. It's more, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's like, I said, why are we teaching our children calculus? Why are we not teaching our children emotional intelligence in school? Why are we not Mm -hmm. teaching them relationship skills? Why are we not teaching them communication and compassion and empathy? And I was just like, preach. Yes. Like, why are we not teaching them to own their voice? Absolutely. Absolutely. And nowadays, we don't need to be teaching content because we all know if I need Mm -hmm. to know anything, I can go to the internet. I know where all the information is that I am going to need to function in Mm -hmm. the world. My emotional intelligence is what I really need to function in the world. And we need to see a shift in educational philosophy of what's important to spend our time. Yep. And teaching people skills, soft skills, coping, emotional intelligence must be part of our curriculums moving forward if we are to totally (laughs) do that grand. Yes. And that's the thing. I'm looking where uh, I was just listening to some news report the other day where they were talking about they were talking about the jobs, right? Because they were talking about unemployment rates and and people getting back to work and, and the challenge of people getting back to work with after the pandemic and childcare is still an issue and schools, all these things. 
And one of the things that they were talking Mm -hmm. about was how some of the bigger companies are not looking for those with degrees because they're like, we can teach you these skills. If you have a basic knowledge of Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, then we can teach you the other stuff on the job. And we're cool with that. And we're going to invest in your training on the job for you to learn Yep. These things. And we're creating little like colleges within these companies to to teach you the skills that you need. Mm-hmm. But they are looking for very specific attributes in people that they can then function on a team that they can. So the, the whole article, uh, it was really about are four year universities going to be come obsolete? Are those degrees even needed? Do we need to saddle all these people with student debt and all of these things? Because What we really want are people who are able to function Mm -hmm. in a community. Just honestly, everything in this world can be learned. In utero, we learned how to breathe. We like our whole evolution as human beings. You just went real fucking deep there. Exactly. Think about it. (laughs) From the moment we are created, we are learning. We have to learn how to talk, learn how to walk, learn how to crawl, like everything. And so everything can be learned. Yes. And so why are we not? making it where let's focus on what is actually going to -hmm. make you resilient so that you can have a growth mindset Mm -hmm. so that then I can teach you computers because you are resilient Mm -hmm. and you have a growth mindset and we're setting you up. Mm -hmm. I would much rather Mm -hmm. than be teaching Mm -hmm. that in like preschool or like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right? (laughs) No, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The thing that is, it makes me optimistic is the understanding of our brains being plastic. It feels like after childhood, we stop learning and our brain is fixed. This is the way I am now forever. But we can form Mm -hmm. new neural pathways. And by doing work on emotional intelligence, on the voice, on deep breathing, we can tame performance anxiety. We can boost our confidence level by practicing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Neuroplasticity. um, Forming new neural pathways. It's it's yeah. amazing. And when I realized, fully realized, it opened up a whole new world for me. You mean I don't have to behave mm-hmm. this way? I don't have to react mm-hmm. this way? I don't have to feel yep. this way? I don't have to believe this about yep. myself? That I can believe anything about myself and my abilities by retraining mm-hmm. my yep. brain. Yep. I love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. So, Rita, how can our guests find you? <laughs> my website is myvocalauthority.com. My email is just renacook at cox.net, C-O-X dot net. And I would love anybody to reach out to me and we can start a conversation if any of this is interesting. Shameless Commerce Moment. I have two books, Her Her Voice in Law, which is targeting and focused on the women attorney, women litigators, and Empower Your Voice for Women in Business, Politics, and Life. Love it. Do you, because I get this a lot when people are like, oh my God, you're analyzing me, aren't you? Are you... When you hear us talk, are you like, oh, I've gathered this data when they're talking? Only if I consciously do it or I would drive myself crazy because there's so much voice out there. And if I had my voice trainer hat on all the time, it would Mm -hmm. make me crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if someone says, listen to me, do I have whatever? Then I can listen and say, yes, you do. No, you don't. Or this is what right. you do have. Other, Otherwise, I don't torture myself or other people with watching gotcha. too closely. Gotcha. That's mm-hmm. funny. Are you therapizing me? Exactly. No. Yes. No. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate you being on our show today. And oh my God, it's been so much fun. It's the highlight. Yay! Of my day. 
All righty. <laughs> Thank you. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do you, boo. boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. Oh,